When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Thursday's episode of the Terrace Scottish Football Podcast. I am your host, Craig Fowler. And for the first time in quite some time, I think it would have to be, I am joined in person by Craig G. Telfer and oh. Sean McGuigan. Hello there. Hi. Hey, guys. How's it? When was the last time? When was the last time we've done this? Because Telfer, I know you've been itching for it, so I was wondering if you actually knew when the last time we properly got together, the three of us. I can't think. It must have been, it might have even been pre-pandemic. Uh, nah, we've not done one since then. There's certainly not been this season. I, I thought we might have done one last season. With the three of us? Aye. Because I'm sure we had the almost exact same conversation about the fact that it was the first one we'd done post-pandemic. Be someone listening to this, oh, great, listen to these cunts talk for five minutes about the last time they saw each other. Just hitting the 30 second button interminably. Uh, Wishing I could hear you talk about shaving your testicles or something Oh no, those are the worst adverts of all time <laughs> Never before have I reached to get my phone out of my pocket that, that Craig Fowler starts. Well. You can just imagine Craig Fowler with a hand mirror Like shoved <laughs> under his arsehole with a Gillette <laughs> Well tell for a manscaped you don't need Gillette That's manscaped does, right, you know, Well you still have your hand mirror though <laughs> <laughs> Not necessarily <laughs> talking, about, uh, talking about hair sculpting I was... Uh, I was interested in how you decided to, to celebrate Christmas Day, therefore by straightening your hair. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I decided, I've been thinking about it for a wee while, and I thought, well, I want to straighten my hair to see what it looks like. Because I used to do it a lot of the time, uh, when I was particularly in my uh, teens and early 20s, I thought, I'm, I'm a, a straight hair kind of guy, it was a style at the time. But uh, I very quickly realised, having straightened my hair on Christmas Day, prior to going down to see my mother and, and her side of the family, I made a terrible mistake, because I looked fucking terrible. I well, looked really, really bad. Well, as uh, if the if the look you were going for was Adam Sandler and Little Nicky, then, <laughs> then it was a roaring success. If not, then then yes, it was a mistake. I did a look sort of like very much like young Justin Bieber, you know, but but like young Justin Bieber had never grown up like a, a, a man who wants to be like young Justin Bieber. Uh, it's no, nah, nah, it's the it's the first and last time I will try that. Is well, actually when I walked into the house, my brother went, like, "What the fuck?" That's the first thing he said in front of his young daughter. And he took a moment, and was like, and, and my brother's uh, wife to be is like, "What are you doing with your hair, Craig?" I was like, "I'm just trying something out." And my brother said, "Don't." So that's uh, <laughs> my brother said, "Don't." Yeah, that's uh, so that's the last that's the last time I, I'll, I'll try it. I put a picture of myself up online uh, on an Instagram, and I was belittled and mocked. <laughs> I'm now I'm now trying to imagine a, a body swap comedy where a young Justin Bieber somehow swaps bodies with a kind of middle aged Craig Telfer. Oh, I'd be with, with hilarious I mean, uh, consequences. It'd be great for me. I'm thinking all the ass I'd get, but it'd be absolutely terrible for him. M- marooned in his flat in Glasgow with nobody to hang about with. Sometimes play FIFA career mode where you've made yourself. Meanwhile, I'm smashing ass, and he's just uh, he's just eating loads of bags of salt and vinegar crisps. Yeah, it'd be absolutely dreadful. Absolutely dreadful. Great for me. Terrible for him. Who do you think he would do as a host on the A View for the Terrace? On A View for the Terrace? Um, poor. I think that that's uh, that. That'd be the one thing when you realize when 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 you know the bit when they realize, hey, listen, things things aren't so so good. You know, sometimes it's okay to be yourself. When he has toast a view from the terrace and flounders badly, somebody asked him a question about still an Albion and he can't answer it. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm trying to I'm trying to have sex and I can't do it. So like I'm, de- I'm, I'm desperate to go back to what it's like to to be myself. You get you get booed off stage at a sold out show somewhere. That's where it was like hundred right. quid the ticket. I'm trying to do my own version of Yummy, uh, and it's, it's floundering badly. So yeah, but it's an it's an interesting idea for a film. Man. Perhaps pitch it to uh, the the guys at uh, Middle Miramax if they're. I thought you meant Jordan and Andy. Oh, I thought it was just, you know, something. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's an idea. 
Right, now I've got an idea. It's a little ambitious, <laughs> but hear a, me out. I hear me out. It's a uh, Justin Bieber says he's on board. They'll be like, really? Like, yeah. Sent him a message on Instagram. Yeah, he he says, didn't say no. Yeah, he, he, didn't says, say no. he says it's a he says it's a really interesting idea. So yeah, that's that's where we are. But enough about me. How were your respective Christmases? Uh, mine was lonely. Sorry, lonely. Lo- uh, yeah, a bit lonely. A bit, a bit, a bit of time for re- a bit of reflection. A bit, a bit sad and lonely, but yeah. also it was uh, it was just annoying as well because I was ill over Christmas. Oh right, first time venereal disease. <laughs> <laughs> no. Right, uh, good, no. good, to you, good to you're taking care of yourself. Yes, uh, you need uh, yeah, uh, men's physical health yeah. thought, as well as men's mental health. Strap it up. Yes. Um, <laughs> no, I had uh, I just had the, this cold or flu that's been going around and mm. I had it for like a week and mm-hmm. Christmas Day especially, I was just absolutely floored. I was mm-hmm. knackered. Yeah. I had to like properly just tan the whiskies to drink through it and have a, have a decent time in the end. I saw on Twitter you said, listen, I've been up. That means one thing, time to get absolutely steaming. And I quite like when it comes to it comes to drink, some kind of drugs, you behave like a sort of 15-year-old who's been given their first their first bottle of beer yes. from their dad who wants to say, listen, I don't mind, listen, I don't want you drinking, but you can have a drink as long as I can supervise you and look after you. That's the sort of vibe you give off, but you're 36 now. Where is, <laughs> is it not is it not time to just, you don't need to brag about how much you, how much you, you drink and how much you ingest? Um, this, this is, I does spend several thousand uh, pounds uh, kind of talking about this thing in therapy over the last year I could have just saved the money and just talked to you instead yeah I, I'd uh, and what I'd done I would have written it down and texted it all to Sean and we had a, <laughs> Sean and I we had a, a really really good laugh at, at, at your expense uh, you do have that kind of bullying vibe tell for so. I, I I do not feel listen uh, I yeah uh, no <laughs> They say that about bullies, isn't it? People who are bullied themselves uh, go on to become bullies. Do they? They say, they say that. What who, I'm doing, who, who says it? Well, what I'm doing just now is I'm uh, in anticipation for the new series of Waterloo Road coming back. I'm rewatching every single episode of Waterloo Road that's in the BBC iPlayer. There's about 10 seasons worth of stuff in there. Great. Uh, yeah, oh no, it is. It's good. And I'm learning a lot about, um, about, about bullies mm-hmm. and a lot about... Um, so, 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 so sociological stuff and how and why things work so it's very interesting And but yet despite the fact what you said <coughs> Philip, I can't see any of myself in what you're describing you're, you're holding up a mirror to the wrong person I, I didn't realise that, that Waterloo Road was like a a, a kind of documentary I, I thought it was just a, a made up drama yeah well there's elements of real life that are in drama I mean you, you watch a lot of films don't you yes. you'll, you'll know that, that, that not everything's based, based on true on, events yeah. yeah not everything's based on true events no, no the, the film Alien have you seen that <laughs> Aliens. Yes, I have. Aliens. I've seen both. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, I don't think that was a documentary. No, it wasn't. It wasn't. But um, it's good. It's good to get a chance to check in on each other. I mean, not that we were doing it purposely, but Sean and I on the last time he and I spoke, I think it was a fortnight ago. We talked for about twenty-five minutes before getting onto the football. And the funny thing was, there was a guy who <laughs> posted up on Twitter saying, "Like the, the podcast is." I mean, I actually had to read the whole tweet. I thought he was saying this is fucking terrible, but he said, "He said this podcast brilliant. If you don't know anything about." Uh, like, like if you, if you, if you've if the person you'd recommend this podcast, some doesn't w- doesn't listen to football. Playing the first twenty minutes of this podcast, like, well, we don't talk about football <laughs> for the first the first twenty minutes, so it's hardly going to hook you in. He'll know, yeah. a lot, he'll know a lot about Cody twenty twelve. Yeah, yeah, he's uh, he's he's back in the news. That's what I saw. Yeah. I think we were responsible for that. Or I, you I guys were responsible I, for it. I don't think that's a coincidence. I think our discussion kept him in the uh, or brought him back into the spotlight. I suppose. Mm, I knew that. Uh, well, he's still not been apprehended, so. A five million dollar reward, I think, for uh, information leading to his capture. You know what, Fowler? I think if you have a wank in the end of your street, that'll that'll uh, bait him. <laughs> <laughs> that'll manifest him. <laughs> oh dearie. I, I don't have a like. I don't have no like whatsoever to well, go for that. To, to, Fowler, to, Fowler. The three Scottish Lower League games from the Be, past I, week. Speaking about absolute wank, like hey, Scottish Lower League Scottish football. Hey, that's better. That's better. I did have one earlier, but we kept on talking. I was going to say, Justin Bieber doesn't know much about Sterling Albion. And I was going to say, but we do, even though we're not actually talking about them today. But we are talking about three games from the Lower Leagues, which took place. Two of them took place last Friday, and the other one took place last Saturday. That's crazy, isn't it? It feels like these games took part, like, in a in a different year almost like these games but it just feels like when you get to this part of the year that the days and it's all seem to it's meaningless to, to mercy against yeah. someone amorphous a, a, a big blob what was I trying to say amorphous blob is that the word I'm yeah, looking for yeah I think it is, big amorphous blob the days it, the days merge into one big amorphous blob it, it doesn't help that the days themselves are not very long like no it's only sunlight for about five hours no. I've, uh, I don't think I've ever heard the word amorphous blob ever and now I've heard it 
or three times in, in less than 36. But it's true, unless, I mean, if you're if you're off your work at the moment, I'm certainly off work at the moment, um, then you've, you've just nothing to look forward to. Just well, just just waking up late and going to bed late. Mm. It's brilliant. I feel I feel like um, uh, I feel like a docker at the, at the moment, <laughs> or a, an, an offshore worker, but they're on their they're, they're three weeks off. Oh yeah, what I'm saying that the people who I know go offshore, it just be just drugs, isn't it? That's all they do. They just go. They've mm. got loads of money. And they just they just just uh, just buy lots of uh, lots of drugs and just go wild. They deserve it though, because they need to go in a lot of helicopters. Always seems quite unsafe. Right, right. So that's so your reward for for helicopters a key of coke. Is that the is that what you call it, Fowler? You know the terms more better than I do. Yeah, yeah that could be a term. <laughs> okay, so you get you get off it. There's a wee bump for you. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I was just meaning it's similar to, to mm. an offshore worker being off for a few weeks. No, that's that's fine, Fowler. You you're you a glance at the time there. Uh, I presume you want to start talking about the football. So you're are, a, are, are you in a hurry? Are you in a hurry tonight, Fowler? Uh, you got somewhere to be? <laughs> Possibly. Okay. All right. Very often. I'm away uptown. I'm going to meet somebody. All oh, oh, right. right. Cool. What's his name? <laughs> Steve. Right. Well, should we get to the Scottish Championship with the game that took place at Starks Park? Just showing off in front of you. Wraith <laughs> Rovers two, Greenock Morton two, and a game in which all the goals came in the first half, and it was a really good laugh because there was some absolutely abysmal defending from both teams and abysmal goalkeeping as well. Oh. There will be no... Uh, so I, I watched the bulk of the available highlights from that weekend available and I never saw a game with such a, a cavalcade of disastrous goals. But funny, which is the main thing, uh, I, I suppose Wraith fans probably would have... Probably would argue that if either of their first choice goalkeepers had been available, then they might have won this game. But we have now reached the, one of my favourite stages of any season. And it's when Wraith Rovers run out of keepers. <laughs> somebody, called, somebody called Andy McNeil as well. Let's come back to, to absolutely terrify See, you. I was trying to think how many games. So like Robbie Thompson has been a backup keeper for since the since he won promotion to to the championship. I think it was that point to send you McDonald. Did have McDonald for last season league one? Doesn't matter, doesn't matter. But for Two and a bit seasons now, Robbie Thompson has has barely been called on. He's played certainly low single figures. But see when it was announced about six or seven weeks ago that he had broken his hand, I was like, right, you can count in hours when Jimmy McDonald picks up his injury. And he was, he had his shoulders, he was unavailable for the Challenge Cup tie recently against Morton. So McNeil came in for that one, no backup keeper. McNeil was pretty good actually, reasonably solid, a couple of nervy moments. Couple of good saves and saved two penalties, I think, against our broth. He was man of the match against Morton in the Challenge Cup. He was man of the match against our broth in the league game. I'll be honest, I wasn't quite as impressed with him in that game. He had a good save, but that good save came in the back of him making an error. He should mm. really have gathered in the first one. Uh and but to be fair, made up for it. But it was the the good save came on the back of an error from him. He looked a bag of nerves uh against against Morton. I, I thought he was well, badly at fault for the first one. I thought it could have done better for the mm. second one, but how? Nah, mm, I thought it could have done. Uh, but, S- but the second one is just a novel approach to defending a set piece, and that nobody wants to I, touch I, it. I, no, so I mean, nobody moved. No, like, no defenders moved. The keeper didn't move. To be fair, it wasn't the only goalkeeper that, that made an error because that first goal where Wraith took a corner, Brian Schwacky, who I really rated yeah. uh, in, in League Two, he comes out, punches the ball, he somehow manages to punch it down and behind and just literally punches it straight into his own net it's a, a, a bizarre goal yeah for the original angle I did wonder if it was a foul on the goalkeeper just because of the body shape that he threw I thought well surely he's had a bump there and then you see the replays and especially the replay behind the goal no I just, I just think it's the weirdest angle to attack the, it the, the, the angle from behind the goal is very interesting because a straightforward corner comes on he comes out to punch it and I've absolutely no idea how how you would be able to connect with the ball like that to send it in that direction simultaneously down and behind you it must have hit the outside of his hand like at a wrong angle? I, I, I don't know. It's almost like you put backspin on it or something. I, I could, mm-hmm. so, what I was, so I was behind the other goals and I presumed I presumed that somebody had got a touch. Because Tom Lang was credited with the goal. That's the stadium announcer gave it to Lang. Aye. Uh, I, and well, I was only, the stadium announcer <coughs> did kind of say it like, let's give that one <laughs> to Tom Lang. <laughs> to be fair, I've been in that position myself when I was doing the Tannoy for Stenhouse Muir. When it's a, an own goal, it's very, because you don't want to say, and goal for the Warriors, own goal, like that. So you just sort of kindly, you, kindly you, give it to the, the, the last Stenny player that, that took the touch. Are you it. allowed to say that? I wondered. Are you allowed to say own goal? Because well, I've, I've never heard a comment. I've never heard a stadium announcer say 
it's a scorer, it's an own goal. They just either say it's a goal and don't say anybody, or they like they do what you said, credit the nearest player. Sometimes it's very obvious you just say own goal, right? But I mean, I, <laughs> but that's it. But you're, you're you're caught up in the moment. You're confused sometimes if you don't necessarily have your thinking cap on. Mm. I don't think it's fun, particularly if you're in a position of privilege, like the stadium announcer at Stenhouse Muir. I don't think it's fun to punch down the way. And I suppose as well, it's if you're a stadium announcer, often you can be bailed out by looking to see who's celebrating, basically who's who's running off, who's getting chased by all his teammates if it's a dramatic at some point but if it's an OG where everybody just kind of splits off and nobody seems to celebrate mm. with each other you must be like eh yeah just give it to the, just shout the, 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 the person who was closest to the incident from happening yeah but it was, it, that, that was really bad and I think that Morton's sorry Wraith Rovers second goal as well which came what, just two minutes later that was also bad defending I think that Effie Ambrose wasn't his best game that he had no. for, for, for Morton it's a, basically it's a ball that's played down from from the right wing, he misjudges his header, which in turn puts unbalances Jack Baird. It throws him off balance, and the ball seems to bounce off his pelvis right into the path of Aidan Connolly. It's actually a very Good well, ta- it's a very very well taken finish, but that's uh, that that was a mistake as well. It just seemed to be this game like some interesting moments, but all of them came down from individual mistakes. But even at that point, because I actually thought that for the first, so I think Ray scored after twenty minutes. Morton had been the best team. But for me, up until that point, and Rafe are really, really what, looking to be, what, to be tuned up. What about Cami Blues's miss? My in the goodness, in thirty seconds. Uh, have you have you watched the have you watched this back, Fowler? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. The I mean, I I thought that Cameron Blues' miss was up there with Jason Cummings. I remember about five or six some, years ago. Somebody put that. I know because I I read the Pie and Bovril forum of it before I watched the highlights, and so I was ready for the for the miss. It's not as bad as Cummings. Definitely not as bad. As I don't coming. know. I didn't think it was. I didn't think it was fizzed in as as quickly as as Cummings. But there's uh, definitely case. somebody in the somebody in the forum said that the, there's no goalkeeper. There is a goalkeeper. But the Cummings one, there was no goalkeeper. He was all on his own at the no, back no, post. No, McNeil was already McNeil was already out the equation because the ball had passed him. <sighs> I bet he was, basically had half the he goal. Was still, ah, he was still. In the, there was definitely about six inches. There was more. There was more for Cummings. <laughs> than, I thought Cummings was worse. <laughs> but I just don't know. To be fair, I don't know if it was the angle. Because with the Cummins one, it was a live game where Hibs were there, so there was multiple TV cameras. Whereas this one, it was just really was it just like one, one angle. One I angle, that. yeah. But the, see the fact that because that came after like maybe nine seconds, yeah, that came straight for kickoff. I think it was Tom Lang. It was when we caught in possession, uh, bumped off the ball. Uh, it's funny. The, two, the first two games we're going to talk about is really similar misses. Yeah, and, yes, yes. Alec, yeah, I missed one yeah. for for Falkirk, similar to this. And, and you see a miss like that after after a handful of seconds, you think, my goodness, it's, it's going to be one of these kind of games. And and at two 0 at eighth with a couple of bad defensive errors, I, I didn't think Morton were out, were, were out of it. And when I got to half time at two two, I, I thought the the scoreline could have been anything. But again, both of Morton's goals came from pretty inept defence. I, I suppose that you really have to talk about Jack Baird's goal because we criticised him for. I suppose he was a bit unlucky. In fact, it was Effie Ambrose's mistake missing mm-hmm. that header. Jack Baird was unlucky. I still thought he could have reacted better. I, I suppose, but you can just see him. He, he, he sort of stumbles though, and the ball seems to hit off him. It's very unexpected, and it just happens to break very kindly for Connolly. But he made up for it like three minutes later. And, and well, did, did he make up for well, it? Well, I mean, well, yes, because it, the, he was in the right place at the right time for the ball <laughs> to land on his head and apologetically. Literally, literally, that's what happened. I mean, that's the, what but he was—he was—he was still. You have to give him credit for that. Do you give him credit for it? He, he put his head in the right, in the right space. Exactly. He, he didn't even really put his head in the right space. I mean, you have I mean, to credit him with scoring a goal shot. Wait a minute. The, the ball gets swung in. Mm-hmm. Andy McNeil comes out, misses the ball completely. <laughs> Jack Baird looks like he actually closes his eyes and doesn't actually because actually when the ball hits off him. He actually kind of does a double take to see exactly what's happened and just kind of smashes him in the face and goes in. Well, they could have ducked it the way. Let, let's give him credit for not dying out the way. Fair <laughs> enough. I, right, okay, you made up for it. Okay, okay. It was another terrible goal. I'm giving I'm giving Jack Baird credit for that because it'd be a very easy. I mean, you see a goalkeeper that's coming out with a fist, a fist, a, a, a gloved fist. You know, you're you're thinking that's that could end right up on your kisser, and instead he just stands there. And yeah, the ball like bounces off him, but you have to you've got to, you've got to be there for it to be there in the first place. So I think he makes up for that error. They cancel the goals, cancelled each other out. And uh, okay, fair enough. I'll give you that one. And then the the equaliser. You know, saying Wraith Wraith cannot defend uh, set pieces, corners, free kicks, whatever it is this season. They, they cannot do it. They'd already had a couple of kind of close shaves mm-hmm. uh, before that. Just just nobody moves. Uh, and like Robbie Muirhead, like well, he doesn't even really need to do it again. Doesn't really need to do anything. He kind of just, just hits, hits off stomach, him. Yeah. Nobody reacts. It hits off him because he's again standing maybe a yard or two out, uh, and that makes it two two. Re- again, really like these. And, and there's a couple of games that that have. Uh, celebrations mm. like this. Not as good as the next game we're going to talk about, but it, it does a good job of whiting 
opposition fans up and again hadn't there really been any like nobody would give Murray the hard time <laughs> but he just kind of stands in front of the Rovers fans and I think he kind of put his ears out or whatever mm-hmm. I, I, I've got a lot of time I was really annoyed but I've got a lot of time for that <laughs> I do have a lot of time for that and he's he's a, a brilliant example of uh, of where uh, Dougie Emery has succeeded with this Morton team because mm-hmm. I still go through it and I don't still don't think it's a particularly good team like Muirhead I think is now in I've no double check before this, but I think he's in now in double figures for the season. Yeah, his, his I don't think he's ever hit double figures his before. His turnaround at Capelo is quite something. Yep. If you remember, <clears throat> it must have been was it the pandemic season where he was in the race? Sorry, in the Morton team all year, he was terrible. Was coming off the bench quite a lot. Really wasn't contributing much. Fans didn't like him. Then you get to the playoffs, and he seemed to have like four good games. And then Morton gave him a new deal off the back of that. And the fans are going mental mm-hmm. because they were like, well, he was rubbish for the entire season. And to go for that, to then the player you see now, who's kind of like a almost talismanic figure for them up front. Ah, he's had a brilliant season. Really good. Did Hearts pay money for him? Dundee United pay money for him? Uh, Somebody paid money for him. I think Hearts might. Uh, Dundee United definitely paid money for him. Is he the guy who's uh, sort of into UFOs? Is that him? Uh, no, um, jet fuel doesn't melt steel beams. Ah, oh, perfectly normal. <laughs> What's all the fu- what's all- I don't see what all the fuss is about. Um, I mean, to, to be fair, like Rovers <clears throat> did have a couple of chances, and the- both teams did. Do you know something? Both teams uh, could have won. I mean, uh, Rafe uh, and Gwenya missed a really good chance to make it three-one just mm. before Morton equalised. They Gollan had a free kick that yep. uh, Schwaki got down well to save. They they sort of pushed by, uh, pushed past the post. That's they, right. Sorry, they, they both had chance in the second half. Morton had the better chances in the second half. I think both of them probably thought uh, might have felt a wee bit unlucky to to, to not win it. I thought over the piece Morton are probably slightly the better team uh, Rafe maybe uh, a wee bit luckier I thought it probably summed up that, that both teams are, are lacking a wee bit in terms of what they I suppose in terms of Morton what they want to do as in finishing the top four I'm, I'm still not entirely sold that they will and for Wraith I hope that they are too good to, to, to finish in the bottom two places I'm still a wee bit concerned about that. They can stitched up though, don't they, between Arbroath and Hamilton for yeah, ninth and ten, ten points, ten points clear for Wraith from the relegation places. Uh, just a, ten a, points away for the playoffs. So uh, it does uh, seem like you're already stuck at Liverpool uh, for the rest of the season. Just a gentle reminder that we don't have any strikers. Our best defender got recalled by uh, Crew Alexandra last night. And Is that we, Conor O'Riordan? Yeah, he's away back. Oh, and uh, we have one goalkeeper on the books who's 21 and played three games ever. I was going to ask. Well, you see, you see, you don't have any strikers. What about John Fredrickson? What's the story there? Uh, the rumor is that he's so he. Uh, judging by his Instagram, he is in the Faroes uh, for Christmas. The rumor is, and it just he's a rumor, stay there. don't come back. That he is not coming back. Uh, I, I I don't know if that's the case or not. The, the fact that he, the fact that he hasn't got on the bench recently. Sorry, hasn't got off the bench for any league game recently. In games that they've been chasing, a goal is telling. For me, I thought the most telling one was the Scottish Cup tie against Auchinleck. Mm. I mean, it was it was shooting in that game. I mean, Auchinleck defended reasonably reasonably well for a while. Wraith two or three up, fifteen minutes to go. Bring him on. There's a Just guy. Get a goal, get there's a guy that's up. needing confidence. Bring him off the bench. Ian Money never brought him on. I mean, I can only presume in training he has not. He is not impressed. Manager just doesn't he trust him. Doesn't fancy him. I've, I've I've felt he would probably be away in January for the last five or six weeks. So I, I would imagine that is true. But you never know. Who knows? The alarm bells don't just go off as soon as his first touch when he nearly scored an own goal. <laughs> <laughs> or he was just recommended to you, buddy. Got this striker. Oh, aye. Could do with one of them. Six foot eight. Uh huh. Is he any good? Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But there's always that. There's always that hope. There's always that hope. You need to start. You no, know, you need to dream, Fowler. You need to dream. How's uh, Conor McBride been for you? <laughs> got, I've got a bunch of difficult questions <laughs> barely, uh, <laughs> for showing here. Barely seen him. Ah. Barely seen him. Uh, I, I can't remember the last time he actually played. Then maybe against Cove in the Challenge Cup. Uh, came off. Uh, did he either start or come off the bench in an away game at Queen's Park? You know something? Almost every time he is he has been involved, you've not really noticed that he's been yeah, involved. That's that's where we hear him on loan from Celtic at Stenhouse Muir, and I think his father's an agent. And I th- I'm not sure if the arrangement was. This is this is sort of conspiracy theories. Robin Muirhead, I hope you're listening to this. But this is the sort of idea that that's the idea we take his laddie on loan, give him <clears> game time, then perhaps get a couple of favours back in in terms of some of his, his, his client base. 
he, he didn't strike me as, as anything that would be an SPFL player. And the fact he went down to Blackburn Rovers, albeit to play for the under-23s, then Queen's Park, I was surprised that he went and signed for Queen's Park, then even more surprised that he was still back playing like one level higher than last season with the Rovers. So when you say that he's been fairly anonymous, that doesn't necessarily surprise me. I, I suspect that this will be his last uh, full-time contract. Yeah. And Robbie, if you are listening, if you play the analysis of this game backwards, it actually tells you what <laughs> really happened on 9-11. <laughs> well, Dylan Easton, I saw he he's, uh, came off the bench. Has this been a new thing? Has he been starting on the bench recently? Dylan Easton has uh, been starting on the bench. He, Dylan Easton has uh, a habit of doing some of the best things that anybody in a Rovers jersey does on a Saturday. That sounds good. Yeah, but he normally comes out with some of the worst things that a Rovers player does. That's bad. <laughs> It's a real duality of man going he's on a, he's, he's a risk taker, and I think Ian Murray can, can get quite frustrated by him. I, you know something, I, 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 I still think that in terms of uh, creating chances he's and, and creativity in general, he's, he's the best thing that we've got, so I'd, I'd be starting him. You would have thought that Murray would have had a fairly good idea as to mm. what he was getting, given that he was his best player last season at Airdrieonians. Uh, but I suppose, you know, sir, I suppose if you take a risk in the middle of the park in a League One game against Peterhead, then you maybe get, get away, away with it more than you do mm. against... I don't know. Hamilton. Speaking of taking risks, I understand there's a consortium that are interested in buying Wraith Rovers from Hong Kong. Uh, I That is a rumour. That's that exciting. Is, that, that has been, uh, it's quite exciting. I, I suspect that in five years, we'll either be in the Premiership or the East of Scotland League. I just can't <laughs> quite make up my mind which it'll be. <laughs> see, the, see the original story about uh, John Sim essentially looking for money. That a big bit of that was about investment rather than him selling up. And I don't know if he necessarily wants... I think he would quite like to still be involved. Mm-hmm. So I know the story is that they, they're looking to buy the club. I wouldn't be surprised if they're looking to give some kind of investment rather than buy them outright. Okay. But I literally, I, I, I don't know. I have no further information on that. Is that you You can't say or you won't say? No, I, I don't know. Right, okay. I, I don't know. It's always well, good to just pin these sort of guys down, Phil, isn't it? You can sort of... I can see you ever played L.A. Noir. You ever played that? Uh, years ago. Yeah, yes. you know about when you interrogate people and you can see they do a shifty thing with their face and you hit the doubt button. That's what I'm sort of getting with Sean. No, no, I just think that it was a, a, a big thing that John Sim was saying that he was, he wanted investment rather than selling up. I, I think if they get, if they offer him three million, then I he'll he'll take that. I can't, I, I can't imagine anybody offering three million for the Rovers. I, I think, I think somebody will, will invest, whether it's a Hong Kong based investment company or somebody. Somebody will invest in Wraith, but I'd, I'd, I think an actual outright sell, that may be a, a bit off. Would you want him to sell? Sorry, Phil, I'm doing your job. Uh, he's, he's, he's checked out. He's, he's thinking about what he's up to tonight. Uh, what, what about, uh, would you be happy for him to move on? I would need more, I suppose I need more details. Yes, I'd be, I mean, bearing in mind what's happened over the last two months, I would be quite happy mm. if Sim moved on, but not just to some any kind of fly-by-night shyster. Mm-hmm. Like somebody who, I'm trying to think, somebody who'd be worse than John Sim. Um I won't compare. I was I'd want something in my head, but I won't say that. That's that's libelous. But you've got to say fair play to Morton because that's ten games unbeaten. Yes. Yeah, you're just you're taking. Sorry, oh, sorry. I'm really taking sorry. my job here. Yeah. Sorry. I, so what I, do we think? Right, so ten games undefeated. That's two draws in a row now. That's obviously a much more impressive draw than their last one, which was against our both, who are not in good form. And I know that Morton fans were. Kind of a bit philosophical after this one. A good point away for home. Get a point away for home to anywhere really in the championship is kind of looked upon as a, a no bad result. And their home form has been pretty strong. But do they do they keep up this momentum going, or is it just kind of a matter of time before they kind of revert a bit to the middle? The, the feeling that I get from Morton, and I'm saying this, but from by reading comments from Pine Bovril, and certainly when you look through the team lines from their last couple of games. In terms of like substitutions, for instance, it seems to be the same players that are mm-hmm. starting every single week with the same players coming off the bench. And there's only like one or two subs. Bear in mind, you're allowed to make up to five subs. Mm-hmm. And Doogie Emery is only tending to make one or two subs. To me, that only suggests that he's only got like, well, 12 or 13 players within the, the squad that he, that he actually trusts, that he can actually hang his hat on. And I think unless they are able to, to beef up the numbers, who knows if, they've, if there's the capacity to do that next month, then I think they, they might just fall short. But you can look through that division and outside of Dundee, who are playing really well, Thistle, who are beginning to show a bit of form at the moment. Queen's Park. Queen's Park. I'd say that the, the fourth playoff spot's up for grabs. I, so they are. And I, they, they've got that Scottish Cup tie against Celtic. So that'll bring in a, a decent amount of money that they... So they probably feel that they can invest in, in January. 
what might be key is who they can hold on to. So I don't know if Grimshaw is contracted after the end of January. There is a really weird rumour about Lewis Strapp. Is it Bulgaria? Is it Dinamo Tbilisi? Oh, Belarus. That's that's a rumour along those lines. Might be a load of rubbish. But but those are are two pretty important players Mm -hmm. for, uh, for Morton. If they hold on to them and can maybe invest some of that Celtic money then aye, they'll be very much thereabouts, I think, in terms of that final playoff place. What are we going to do in Scottish football without all those strap-on jokes? I mean, come on, that's it. Well, when he, well, we'll find out when he signs for Dino to When he's strap-off to, to, to Belarus. That's less funny because it's not it's not a strap-on. OK, let's move into League well, One. Well, well, you shouldn't you shouldn't kink shame. If people like getting pegged, then that's... Mm. Why did you point it beat? Why did you point it out? Because automatically, when I think of someone who likes having their body degraded, I always think automatically. You're the one that says you like to be spat on. Fucking hell. <laughs> Listen, there's no secrets here, is there? Oh, you're saying that. Right. Right. I've had the, the tables have been turned on me. <laughs> It's, uh, sorry, it's because Sean's poured me a wine already. Uh, so. No, listen, listen, we're a wee bit mischievous. It's the, it's the last oh. podcast of uh, of 2022, so we might as well. You're taking your own medicine and it tastes sour. <laughs> right, if you want to be you mischievous... Me. <laughs> okay, if you want to be mischievous, tell for something that we can all agree on. Let's move into League One, where Falkirk defeated Queen of the South 5-2. And I have watched them before. Oh, baby. Um, but, yeah... Listening, listening on the I suppose it was especially because I've, I've looked at the highlights before whenever we've done Falkirk on the, the TV show but I, I tend not to, to listen to them I just kind of tend to watch them so sitting on a bus on the way to Easter Road and having the, the Falkirk TV commentators directly in my ears was quite grating mm. <laughs> it really did annoy it, me I, it frustrates me I think that Falkirk TV is one of the best highlights packages in, in the lower leagues really I think that the, the I mean Falkirk the Falkirk Stadium is great for the camera angle because you're, you're, you've got wide up you can see all the players clearly it's a good camera they're using they, they, they show replays there's a bit of, there's a degree of production in it I find the commentating grating beyond belief and I think it's the stage where uh, when Falkirk lose I think that's what's so gratifying about yeah. staying up late to watch them. It's like, why go out? Oh, do you want to come out on a Saturday? Me and the lads are going down the pub. No, 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 no. I need to be in at midnight because the Falkirk highlights are dropping after they just lost 6-0 to Queen's Park. That's the sort of stuff because you want to hear the despondency and despair in the commentator's voice. But I think that when they win, and it was particularly grating, particularly after Liam Henderson's goal, particularly after Callum Morrison put the gloss in the scoreline with a fifth late on, it's just really difficult to listen to. And I think that that's something that's like... Understand, it's, it's you're you're making it for Falkirk fans. Presumably, they're the, the primary audience, so you have to be show a degree of partisanship for it. I just find it very, very great. What I've found though over the last two or three years, or, or however, well, club TV commentaries have been going on prior to that, but it's only obviously since really the pandemic that we've got to know a lot of them, really. And hmm. for what I find, the commentary teams where people say, "Oh, they're very good." are the ones that tend to be a lot less partisan. Mm, I'm trying to think that the best ones for me, and I'm not just saying this because he's a friend of mine, but Dumbarton, mm-hmm. uh, Fraser Clark yep. and Chris McMillan are, are both excellent. It's just a shame that their package comes with Pixelot and, and Pixelot's like, like like really, really poor. I'd say the same, I'm not just saying this because I was involved with it, but, <laughs> but Stenhouse Muir's live TV. Let me, let me include that. I find the Hearts one very good as well. I've heard that about Hearts. The Hearts one is very good because Laurie and Rob do a good job of not being like, they're not just so... It's the indignation and the incredulity that comes with any little decision. Because even have it in this highlights package, as a ball goes out, out the for park, throwing. out for yeah. the throwing, and they're like, that didn't go out, that didn't leave the park, that literally didn't leave the park. Aye, they seem to be debating it for a good 60 seconds about whether a ball went out for but a throw. Guys, it's a throw-in, the game's going on! And, and subsequently scored from, and, and Falkirk scored yes. from Queen of the South's throwing. I mean, it's a difficult thing, I remember, you're, you're absolutely right, Phil, on what you said, like, during the pandemic, that's when you became familiar with these yeah. commentators, and I remember buying a stream for a game at Gayfield between our broth and Queen of the South, and this is when Queen of the South were on that really exceptional run, and that's when I was introduced to uh, Fermer Innes and I don't uh, I just need to say his name you start laughing and, and that's that's what I mean in terms of that somebody who takes it like very very seriously that, that how dare the linesman not put his flag up for, for the shot it was, it was onside I mean I, I'm, I'm watching it for one angle it's very difficult to see but it looked like it was onside it, it reminded me of watching Celtic TV 
You know it did. It did. And it, that's that's surely that's not a, that is not a comparison that any in-house media team want. No, including yeah, even a lot of selling fans are accepting TV rubbish. Aye, aye. So so that's I find that like and it's a, it's and it's a shame because I do think that Falkirk put a really good package together and this was good. You got a clear view. I've said it before. This is a really good highlights package. I feel as though I got a good representation of the game. I was out for lunch with a friend today who's a Falkirk supporter, saying to him that I'm doing a podcast later today talking about that match. And I said, here's I was like, here are my thoughts from what did you think? And the broadly, uh, broadly mirrored one. He was actually at the game, so it's quite good to see that my analysis, what's an Isles Green Pine Bovel, <laughs> broadly fell in line with his with his own thoughts. Um, I I was mentioning Pine Bovel, and I didn't hear this in the highlights, but it was people who had paid fourteen quid or whatever it was for the game that there was a moment where they blamed Lyndon Dykes for the fact that they were still in League One. Yeah. No, no, it's because you've been fucking rancid for five years. What? That's not Lyndon Dykes' fault. No, no, don't blame Lyndon Dykes. Blame the Falkirk supporters who <laughs> ran on the pitch that that caused so much injury time in the first place in that infamous game at Palmerston. Blame Dave, Davis Keeler Dunn Aye, that's... for getting himself sent off so they had to defend then against with, with only 10 men and then he was out the next game. No, so, no, no, no. Let's stick with those Falkirk fans. <laughs> Okay, fair enough. <laughs> I wonder if any I wonder if there's any guys for Folk at Daft podcast were the ones that run in a park. Now that would be a now that would be a twist in the tail, wouldn't it? Their fault that they're in League One after all this time. <laughs> but this was this was an interesting game. This was really not really talked about. Falkirk took the lead through Juan Alegria and then Curacao scored twice before the end of the first half. And what was Grant Murray's first game in charge as the interim mm. head coach after Willie Gibson was given his marching orders for a combination of poor form after they came into League One and poor form in Tesco, poor form in night, and poor form in a popular supermarket. Uh, yeah, that was you know, fair play for Queen's But we might, as, we might as well talk about it. I think that's something that, certainly from reading comments on Pine Ball from Queen and South supporters, it's something they've been critical of their board in the past, that they haven't pulled the trigger at the right time. When a manager, you, you've had that yourself as supporters, when you just mm. know a manager's running out of road, take him round the back of the woodshed and put a bullet through the back of his head. That's 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 what you have to do in these situations. I don't they think they would have done it without this impending court Well, case. that's it. They, did, they didn't do that with Alan Johnson. And that, I mean, Gibson came into the hot seat pretty late on. And, and mm. who, you, don't, you don't know if Gibson would have had the wherewithal to, to save the season. But nevertheless, Queen's were relegated. And I think this season, Queen's, I, I think we all expected Falkirk and Dunfermline to challenge for the league title. Queen of the South to be the best of the rest, and that hasn't happened. They are trying to avoid finish, finishing as uh, well, the, the the worst of the the, the best in that mini league. Yeah, above similar Clyde and Peterhead, similar to Wraith, but they've still got more of a chance if they can get their act together. That they feel a wee bit in limbo mm-hmm. because unless Clyde but, but remember, really, but, but remember, really can kind of motor up, no, Clyde remember Queen's game since August. Yeah, so Clyde are thirteen points behind. Ah, and, and 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 what I was going to say that that I actually made a note of this. Like Queens have improved over the second quarter, after the first quarter. In- incrementally. No, but listen, it is an improvement. It's an improvement. They had 10 points after the first nine games. Now they've got 23 points after 19 games. So that is an improvement. They have more than doubled their, their points tally and around, the, well, just a, a, a game extra. So there has been improvements. However, you, you take in this incident, Doubling their points tally would have just been exactly the same. You, 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 sound, like, you sound like what I saw literally several times happen last night was people doing impressions, both in person and online, of what Lee Johnson would said after Hibs only lost by four goals to Celtic after Aye. losing by five. Listen, I'm putting my I'm putting my completely <clears throat> objective hat on here. However, that hasn't been good enough. Either way, it hasn't been good enough. There has been an improvement, but it still hasn't been good enough. And I think this incident that happened in the Tesco in Dumfries in August, where and I'm quoting directly from the newspaper, it is claimed that Gibson shouted, gesticulated aggressively, and uttered abusive remarks which were racially aggravated towards an employee. And the trial will take place in March. Obviously, I mean it's still alleged. They're still like innocent until proven guilty and so on and so on very bad look for the club mm-hmm. and I think that and it would have been a worse look if he was still there and the court case doesn't go Gibson's way mm. aye there's all that sort of stuff and I say say if Queen of the South had been top of the table say if Queen of the South had been in Dunfermline's position or Queen's had been in Edinburgh's or Falkirk's position it might have been a bit more difficult for, for him to move on however 
they, I gave them a lever, mm-hmm. I yeah. think it's fair to say. And it'll be interesting to see who, who comes in. I saw on, again, going and pie and borrow some of the names that certainly one supporter threw out. Tam Courts, Jack Ross were some of the names. And I'm just looking at your face, Phil. Right? It was like complete fantasy booking. No, you'll get Grant Murray and you'll be, ha- <laughs> you'll be yeah. happy with Grant Murray. But that's just it. Queen of South rarely, they really think outside of the box. So they normally promote from... Bring back Alan Johnson. Within. Oh, no, that's exactly Alan Johnson. Johnson. Bring back Alan Johnson. But Alan Johnson's a... A, a specialist at getting out of the third team. Yeah, He's done it in the past. Johnson, yeah. done Just in give him a deal till the end of the season, win the playoffs, and then get rid of him. I said Gus McPherson, but he was terrible at Queens, wasn't he? Gus McPherson got yeah. Queens relegated. Yeah, that would have been yeah, Don't bring him Twelve. Back. Who was a former good manager? Steve Patterson. He's been at the game for years. WWE style comeback. Like the Edge, he'd be hadn't wrestled for nine years because of a neck injury, and all of a sudden he's back <laughs> wrestling again. <laughs> What about Alan Mabry at uh, Edinburgh? Oh, that's interesting. We do want because he's surely hit his head off the off the glass ceiling. Well, I, don't, I don't know. It depends. What Edinburgh absolutely having a flyer of a season. Or it maybe depends if he wants. A that's what I mean. I don't, I don't I think don't Edinburgh are going to go much more up from here. And if, even if they do, they'll quickly go down again. What does he do? I, I don't know. What does he do out with football? Do you know? No, he's, I don't. You know, like a, a kind of short Pete Ray character that just has a a good job, a, a decent right. job out with football. Or like Stavik and the what the Rolls Royce. Hmm? I, I would, I would be, I would maybe think Al Mabry still either he's picked up a job having gone to Edinburgh because he was on the coaching staff. Don't ask me who now, but before going to Edinburgh, where he was an assistant to Gary Naismith, I think before he got the job full time, he was on coaching staffs at top flight teams. So he's, I think he's just been working full time in football. For, so he might just be a coach for for, for yeah. a side and then manage Edinburgh. Yeah, uh, part time. Fair, fair enough. That's just that's just a name that I thought there's somebody that's that, that's doing well. But but I think for like a, the real like literally the worst full time team in the country, I think your options are going to be fairly limited. And I imagine that that Grant Murray will be the, the least sexy option. I'm trying but, to think of any examples of an assistant manager coming in, taking a job midway through the season, and being a lot better than his boss. People uh, often say that with a failing regime, they just automatically assume that the, if the assistant gets it, it's going to be a continuation I, of that regime. I, I always presume that if a if an assistant manager could have made any changes during the, the previous manager's reign, then he, he might have been able to do it. But then I, I appreciate they, they, they don't have there, the, the, the kind of last say. I, I can't think of any off the top of my head, but there are there have been instances certainly of if it's been like a disciplinarian. And then they're number two, somebody that's a bit more kind of jovial and letting the players off the leash. Then you sometimes get like seasons or at least half seasons where things really improve. And then usually it comes back down to earth because you kind of need that discipline. After a while, the players just start to take the piss. Walter Smith and Ali McCoist. Yeah, well, there you go. Although hey. things didn't get immediately get better with, with well, McCoist. No, no. I just, I'm just thinking a disciplinarian and a banter boy. Yeah. That's, the, that's the two. That's the two to be thinking. fair, Rangers started that, with the exception of their travails in Europe. Rangers started that season very well. Was after that the season Smith where left. was it against? Was it against Kilmarnock where Celtic? That was like the yes. turning point yeah. where Lennon, if he had lost that match, he'd have probably been away up the road. Yeah, but they they drew it or won it, and then that was a catalyst that come. Yeah, I think Rangers were something changed. like seven points clear at that stage or something. Yeah, something along those lines, and. Yeah, but I can't actually think of one off the top of my head. But we should talk a little bit probably about this game. Yeah, um, no, it was a because, good day. It was a really entertaining game. Because, yeah, Falco took the lead then. Rory Peart equalised with an excellent free kick. And then the, the second of our very good celebrations um, took place where he just went running up to the Falkirk fans, which is something that Falkirk fans took a lot of glee and Again, I don't think there's any afterwards. I, I don't think there's any beef here. I just think Peyton... Like enjoys that in terms of taking something to the opposition. I Peyton, again, I quite like it. Had Peyton been in trial at Falkirk? I think there was a red somewhere. Oh, like, like that. you're not going to have like a, a, an umbrage against a club the just because you're not going to get signed trial. by them. I, I can't yeah. imagine so. But you I mean listen? If you want to banter people off, wait until the full time whistle. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe young Master Peyton should have considered doing that. Um, because I mean, but then of, of course, uh, yeah. Queens Queens go ahead. Ian Wilson put this on my head. Then Callum Morrison equalises right on half time, and the game was still fairly close up until the close of the stages. But then Falkirk scored three times in ten minutes through Roman Burrell, who'd just come off the bench. Liam Henderson and Callum Morrison once more, and this is Callum Morrison at his best, which we do see. Quite often, <laughs> no, you see it about every five matches. No, no, that's what I was gonna say. You see it quite often where he has this kind of match where I'm really good, but the problem is, it's not in the other games, he just doesn't really produce that's, much at that's, all. That's why he's playing well, that's, for that's, that's, why in, that's why he's playing in League One, but he was he was superb, and that's why we also said it's not often, <laughs> <laughs> but, it, but it is still it's often compared to. 
It's often compared to just about anybody no, it's else occasional. Plays for Falkirk. <laughs> no, it's occasional. Okay, it's occasional. Let's, let's be honest, the only time in his entire career where Callum Morrison has been consistently good was in loan at Stirling Albion in mm. 2017. That's the only time he's been consistently good. And ever since then, you know, he's, he's, he's played for a number of teams and he's done well. And that's isn't it the big... I think Callum Morrison's quality isn't in he, doubt. But I, Callum Morrison's quality isn't in doubt. I it's that it is, consistency I think and that's why he's played say, at that level. I think it's fair to say he can often be a match winner. The problem is, is that they don't have many others in that team. So when he doesn't do anything, in the games where he doesn't really show up, which you can find a lot from, you know, wingers, especially wingers at lower level, then there's nobody really to step up. I, I think there's certain players who... Uh, that, that fans have... Have turned off to in that Falkirk team. So, like Aidan Nesbitt, for example, well, he, was poor. he, he, he loses. I'm sure he loses the ball for it does. Uh, for Wilson's goal, mm-hmm. like like uh, like Wilson just like it's just like a, a lovely finish. But as uh, a great finish, finish yeah, this was it. Uh, like Gary Oliver probably is good enough for for that Falkirk team. Uh, and Kennedy. then and either side of them, we've got Kai Kennedy and, and Callum Morrison. I would. I just think Callum Morrison is as a has got probably more potential than, than Kai Kennedy. I think Kai Kennedy has now just been dwindling down the leagues. I think diminishing returns for on, on loan spells. Kai Kennedy, I was just about to say that, Kai Kennedy, you're really, when you think about Kai Kennedy, you think, oh, he was class when he was loan at Cali Thistle. But that was, what, two years ago mm-hmm. when he was in loan there? And then each subsequent loan spell yep. to, Wraith, to the Rovers, Hamilton, Hamilton nah, it's not really worked out for him. And then there's a reason why he has been loaned mm-hmm outside of the championship yep. and into League One. I think that perhaps, remember when he was at Cali Thistle as well, there was the, the talk that teams in uh, Germany were, were keen in signing him. I can't imagine there'd be any team, maybe the team that signed Andy Irvin that went bust, are probably the only team that, that from, from Germany that would be interested in signing him. But those days are those days are, 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 are long gone. I, I do think you're right in terms of Falkirk. On the day, a bit like, a bit like a lot of John McGlynn teams, on the day they have potential match winners. And I, like Morrison has won, Kennedy very sporadically would be one. I like Juan Alegria appears to be like he's always been somebody who's like a kind of he's like a, a willing mm. a, he has willing endeavour about him, but didn't they have any finishing ability when he was playing for Partick Thistle in the Championship? Actually, his finishing has been okay mm. uh, this season. Good goal here. Yeah. Uh, mm. Scored a good goal at the weekend, and uh, Roman Burrell that come on. Like they, they have a, a couple of decent strikers there. I, I just think there's not enough about them either defensively or in the middle of the park to. To, to trouble Dunfermline who who just look like a, a, a horrible team to play against are grinding at results that win against Kelty at the weekend yeah. felt like a, a a big three points I'm not saying it's impossible they play together this weekend don't they I'm yeah, not saying it's impossible for Falkirk in the league yeah, you can just imagine have, though, this, the game this weekend, weekend. you have to win aye, this weekend you can imagine the game this weekend it's a must win for Falkirk they're going to come out they're going to dominate possession they're going to create loads of chances lose one great football yes lose one what, what will happen I think is James McPake it'll be interesting to see actually I think James McPake will look to reprise what he did in the game at Falkirk Stadium where Dunfermline won 1-0 that game was horrendous I mean you mm. watch the highlights for that match from Falkirk TV it was six minutes of corner kicks you know it was it was, <laughs> there was nothing there was literally <laughs> nothing to show in that game but what happened was that, that Dunfermline just sat very deep and Falkirk are, are, we saw how, how you've seen at points this season how good Falkirk are at passing the ball and progressing it from defence in the middle of the park and so on but when it came to getting the ball into the final third they like Falkirk just had no answers I mean Roman Burrell who up until that point had been one of the best strikers in the division he had gone for about six weeks where he was playing really well scoring most games Kel Benedict has completely marked him out of the game and then the Falkirk score from uh, sorry Dunfermline score from a corner put quite a poorly defended corner Dunfermline score from and then at that match Dunfermline just like just well we're just going to there's, there's literally is no impetus for us to change what we're doing try and break us down and they couldn't do it and it'll be interesting to see how that uh, what happens in that game one of the changing points in, in the match against Queens there was the introduction of Liam Henderson who came off the bench and started playing in the middle of the park he is nominally a central defender though he did play a lot in the, the middle of the park for our growth last season and he really changed the game because a very even game up until that point he comes off the bench and it gives Fal- Falkirk a bit more z- zing a a bit more zzz, a bit more pizzazz in the middle of the park. Zzz quoi. Yeah, wee oui, wee. Oui. And he scores like probably the definitive goal of the game. The defining goal of the game with that was really poorly defended header, right enough. But he scores the header that puts uh, puts Falkirk ahead. So it'd be interesting to see what they're going to do. But I think we should, before we go on and talk about Dunfermline, we should perhaps talk about the game between Queens and Falkirk. Oh, have we not talked about that already? I thought, well... <laughs> I think there's a much more to say. 
Well, I think that that, that you've that you've got to to say uh, from from Falkirk's perspective. I think that there was a, a number of good performances in that game. We've talked about Callum Morrison. I mean, he he scores a goal. He scores twice, particularly the the, the goal, the fifth goal, is really really well taken. Although Stephen Hendry's rubbish. There's no way. There's no way. Get, way get to away. What happened uh, to him, by the way? Oh dear, dear, dear. That is that is one of those careers that starts off so brightly and then you just. It just seems to go down and down and down and down and down. There never seems to be any stopping. Yeah, it's, I mean, you see that there. I mean, for, for instance, take that first goal, for instance. Sorry, Morrison's first goal, for instance. Really well worked from Allegria to, to play the ball yep. between the centre-back and, uh, and and Hendry. But the, the way I thought, I mean, I like I was watching, I knew what the score was, I was just watching the highlights. When it goes out to Morrison, it seems at, at a, a restrictive angle where you're thinking, well, he's going to need to hold the ball up and perhaps wait for Allegria to get into the box or maybe come back inside and, and try and do something different. But the fact that he's able to get the shot away doesn't reflect well on Hendry, certainly doesn't reflect well on Max Curry, the goalkeeper, who had a really, really bad game, particularly in the second half, when he had to uh, bailed out by, weirdly enough, Hendry, bailed him after he spilled a shot and uh, perhaps a favourable refereeing decision that, that, that got him out could of jail. Yeah. Could, could have been a penalty. I think the Falkirk TV uh, crew were, were adamant it was a penalty. Uh, uh, Dubious, it's fair to say, but um, I, I, I've completely forgotten the point. That was who were we talking about? So we're talking Allegria. Yeah, you're talking about Callum Morrison. Callum Morrison, he's, uh, yes. His finish. Ah, his finish was excellent. That that second goal w- w- was excellent as well. And, and then you got Allegria as well. Uh, very well taken first goal. Where I think it take the the ball takes a bit of a luck. I think it's. Um, yeah, David Mackay, former uh, Rangers kind of wild swipe misses it, but it just—it's unfortunately for him, it just completely kills the Morrison's cross, and it just bounces up perfectly for Allegria. I think Curry comes out to try and get it, and Allegria hooks it into the net. But all the goals, all, all four goals were were uh, were really well taken. But if you were Queens, you, you'd—I'll be honest, I haven't seen all that much of Queens this season. But like defensively, they look like well, an absolute shambles. That's the thing; they, they scored a lot of goals, though. So is—is is there a possibility with only with only six points off the playoffs? Is, is there still the, the chance? that they bring in a man- or whoever they bring in whether it's Murray or whoever else if they bring in a manager who can sort out the defence can they sneak into the playoffs and kind of give something to to fight for for the rest of this campaign I think they could I, I think if they have I think if they have a wee bit of budget to play with in January to bring in <laughs> somebody else at the back the, the problem is they already have an abundance of centre-halves they must have about four centre-halves in their books just none of them are any good I, I don't think any of them are any good they, they probably did a fifth who, who, who would who would also need to be their best centre half and a six who need to be their second best centre half of those six uh, I, in fairness League One isn't very good this season there's, there's a lot of teams that have went there's a lot of teams that went backwards this season Airdrie have went backwards Montrose have went backwards and these are the teams that you generally regard as the the playoff contenders mm-hmm. in League One I know Edinburgh are much better than we uh, expected them to be so there's still a glimmer of hope if but there needs to be I think there's one playoff spot up for grabs here it's fourth place I think Edinburgh finishing the playoffs I do that they're, play, I, I they're still playing, keep, they're playing I still really keep well thinking that they will but it's just see the bookies think the same as well by the way it's just because every, it's week, bit, every week at the bookmakers you get fucking great odds on Edinburgh but it's just because it's if Edinburgh, I've only been betting them all season I would have made a fortune but it's just because it's Edinburgh they actually have like a decent start in 11 if not a great squad mm-hmm. I, I still think there is a chance here that maybe there's two places available uh, in the playoffs so it's not no, it's not impossible for, for Queen's. They need to make a good managerial appointment, which would be unusual for Queen's, and there needs to be a wee bit of movement in their no squad, but certainly starting to love. Right, let's move on to our final game, which takes place in League Two. This one came from Saturday. I didn't manage to find the time to watch the highlights or read up on this at all. So I'm going to tell you the basic facts and I'm going to hand it over to the two guys who know what they're talking about. So the Barton defeated East 5 2 0 at home. Goals oh, there's Pelly away up the road. <laughs> Sorry, sorry. <laughs> Breaking news. He was Goals 82. For... Who'll, uh, who'll advertise Viagra now? Fowler. <laughs> I knew that was coming. <coughs> <coughs> the Barn beating East 5 by 2 goals to nil. You're thinking about that now, eh? Goals from uh, advertising Viagra. Ah, or Pelly. Pelly, I know. Or Pelly's death. Did Pelly mean a lot to you? Yeah. I just keep thinking as soon as Billy is king of the soccer field, <laughs> just gets him the big bag of money and dumped him. You know the joke? Oh yeah, yes. The Barnby East five two goes to the dots. What Pelly would have wanted? Uh, Greg McCann and David Wilson with the goals. 
Dumbarton remain in first place. First place, they are now four points clear, seven undefeated. Uh, East Fife are in six. Only one point off the playoffs, but they are without a win in six mm. after winning three in a row. I, uh, I, I think East Fife are a bit of bother. I, I, th- I think they see when we done the the preview pod. Oh uh, yeah, the very long preview pod uh, when we reached letter E. In League Two, and we discussed <laughs> these two and a half hours in. I, I, I would have been longer than that. Oh, right, sorry, I, I, sorry, I, forgot, I forgot it wasn't just alphabetical order. You went <laughs> alphabetical order and through the divisions. I, Those I, poor fans. Just <laughs> <laughs> clung in there for three hours, fifty minutes. See when it gets to next July, when we do it in reverse order. Start of the uh, right, no, okay, no, 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 no. We give the Arbroath fans what they want. We give them at early doors. <laughs> Not top of League One. I. Uh, oh. What do you like that? Firma. Uh, no, sorry, sorry, that's unfair yeah, as well. It'd be anyway, second in the league would be first. Regardless. Uh, I, I I thought East Fife would struggle this season because they had, A, they had a lot of players who were, uh, I suppose their experienced players were maybe getting very much to the end of their career mm-hmm. and they had a lot of youngsters who might have been very talented for all I knew. Uh, they might be okay, but I think they still, they, their best player was was Jao Baldi who appears to be going to Arbroath. Arbroath and I think that leaves his Fife in a, a real spot of bother now because other than that I'm not entirely sure who is going to I mean bear in mind they had him during this terrible run and he's been in a bright spot mm. I, 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 I I don't know how they get out of this and I, I didn't think Greg McDonald was necessarily a great managerial appointment when they, they brought him on board I know he had success at getting jaked at his wedding still in Albion uh, I, I wasn't sure he was the right man for the job he may have been a reasonable cheap man for the job. You probably need to clear up what Fowler's saying about getting Jake to his wedding because famously yeah, so he, he was, was still a man. He was Sterling Albion manager when they defeated Rangers, but he wasn't at the game because he was getting married that day. And yeah. that was a day where that was Rangers' first defeat on their adventure. And it was also the day where Ian Black got booted about 15 feet in the air. Yeah, Gary Tom. It was like something out of a, a Chuck Norris movie. He only got booked for it. Yeah. <laughs> It really was. It was like he caught him like studs right in his midriff. Yeah, his midriff. Aye, aye. Just a booking for it. Aye. Uh, I, to, to talk about his face, Sean, I... Now, this was as straightforward as it gets. And bear in mind, yeah. well, when we've described them back in the season, we've described them as... Stodgy, Efficient and yeah. workman-like. They, 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 <coughs> they don't always dominate games, but they absolutely dominated this one. I mean, yeah. it was 2-0. It could have been, it could have been even more. Uh, East Fife... Uh, Aye, they uh, they need to to do something in January. Aye, I I, I agree with what you say. I kind of looked through the team, and there are there are a handful of players that I quite like in that team. I think Alan Fleming still a decent goalkeeper. He made a really really good mm-hmm. save in this game from um, from from Ryan Wallace, and I think like Stuart Murdoch can still be a capable defender. Beyond that, however, Jack Healy looked pretty good. Jack Healy's a good player. I Middle think of park. That I think that, that Jack Healy, if you were a, a bigger team, you might want to be taking a look at Jack Healy because I think that he could be snapped up fairly cheaply and could turn into a decent player because he has scored a number of like really good goals this season. He's quite an exciting presence on that sort of wide left inside uh, central midfield position. So like Ryan Schiavone and Scott Shepard up front? No, that's that's not going to get you goals. Scott Shepard uh, wears his hair like a sort of walnut whip sort of thing, so even it rains, it becomes all all bedraggled. He's like Ernie McCracken in Kingpin. <laughs> <laughs> nice, uh, um, but but yeah, I they, they do have a bit of problems, and I think that it's it's a funny thing to to say. I don't I'm only start talking about Stenhouse Muir, but when you look at that division, when we stacked Stephen Smith, some punters were just like, "Well, you're only three points off the playoffs. What you what you concerned about is like, well, no, 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 because you're on a terrible run of form. Is the fact that outside of Dumbarton, still and Albion, maybe Elgin City, who are putting Actually, a wee bit of run together, that, that, there's a lot of muck in there. And then I'm chucking that. Sorry, Forth Athletic seem to be getting the right together under Mr. I, I, I could Sean, Sean, Sean recently. Sean, I no. Before you step in, I can actually contribute something slightly because I was actually thinking about this earlier because you said you've said throughout most of the season that you fancy Bonnie Wright to go down and you kind of look at Lee too and you just wonder if it's a case of almost like musical chairs but like sometimes you say that you're usually talking about like a title win or something where it's like whoever's going to be on top when the music mm. stops that's going to be who it is kind of feels like that in League 2 that who's going to finish bottom is going to be just who loses their last three games it could well be I think there might be there might be five teams in the equation for that that ten spot in League Two, and he's five. I, I think I'm definitely one of them. 
Yeah, certainly based on this performance, because it's not often that you see a team offer absolutely nothing. They had chances in the game. I'm sure there's Alex Ferguson hit a free kick. Brett Long makes a really, really, really good save, save to, to palm away, but they're 2-0 down by that point. And, and I think that Dumbarton... Basically, I spoke to Fraser Clark prior to, to this. Just asked him for a wee bit of advice after watching the highlights, and 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 he said it was, it was the most routine win that they've had so far this season. One that's completely free of drama and, and jeopardy. And you've got to say, like, fair play to them. But I know that when we did that podcast last week. You were a bit more dismissive about it. And boy, David Kemp had a question for us about who's going to win League Two and why it'll be Dumbarton. I wholeheartedly think Dumbarton are going to win League, and I know that you're not as as sold in them. I, I I think still in Albion. Just, I think still in Albion have a wee bit more about them. However, what I would say is, watching a number of the Barton games this season, I've been overly impressed by them. Like in terms of the the they, they don't stumble to wins, but they're as we've said, they're workmanlike, they're stodgy, they grind out results. But this like wasn't like that. This was a very very straightforward two 0 win going on three and f- three or four. That kind of looked like a team. <coughs> that could go on to win the league. Like, this is the first time I've watched them, I thought, this is actually a, a pretty good League 2 team. I think it certainly helps so when you come up against defending the calibre of East Fife because I think both goals were very presentable. I mean, the first one, it's a header from Gary Buchanan, but it's Aaron Linus' long throw. The ball's allowed him to like, play a bit of head tennis in the area. I think it's Sam Denham heads it straight into there and it lands on basically Buchanan who loops it Oh, the way over the goalkeeper. I mean, it seems it's a weird goal. It's a weird goal. But when I was watching it back, like the highlights, I oh, is that the goal? Is, oh, all right, that's oh, no, he's, he's, he's scored there. I thought, this, the, I thought the second one was an excellent. The second goal. one's the second one's very well taken. But the fact is that that Div Wilson, it's a really actually a, a really good ball over from Ryan Wallace mm-hmm. because it's, it just falls perfectly into Wilson's path and he hits the thing for the First finish. Time. Finish Great is finish. excellent. Great However. Finish. The fact that he is allowed to run untracked from the middle of the park, right between the two central defenders and finish, you can ask him, why is no one checking that run there? Why are the defenders being caught so flat-footed there? Why is no one coming over to, to cover him? And these, I suppose, these are questions that, that from you would ask from like young defenders that are still learning their trade, where, where these things can happen. I suppose in the middle of the park, Kieran Miller, a player I always speak very highly of in these podcasts, you're kind of looking for him maybe to have, to have done something to, to uh, track the run. But aye, they just look a bit of a, a mimsy side, but there are a lot of mimsy sides in, uh, and in League 2 at the that, moment. And I think that's what I was looking at. So I think you had three teenagers starting that East Fife game and maybe a 20-year-old and maybe a 21-year-old. And that's that's hardly in the world, but it just feels like the experienced players maybe aren't quite step them up to, to kind of keep them on side I, I suppose I suppose you're kind of looking that the the marquee signing I suppose would have been Alan Troughton who they, they, they brought in from from Aloe Athletic and when when he came in there's lots of brilliant signing for that level but he's 37 he's 37 he barely played for Aloe last season I think that even when he left Aloe it was a bit of a wretch for, for Brian Rice to let him go because I think that everyone knows what a capable player he is at. he is reaching the, the mm-hmm. end of his, his career style he's been a phenomenal player and someone who I've, I've enjoyed watching over the last like 15-16 years probably even longer than that mm-hmm. actually uh, since his time uh, coming through and Billy starts Queen's Park team but that's just that's just the way it is unfortunately um, but aye there's, there's a lot of muck down there a lot of muck down there. But I, I think for from an East Fife perspective, got a low crowd. Uh, like they, their attendances are dwindling. Like it's so expensive to get in. And in terms of the teams... This is Dumbarton. Oh, sorry. Sorry, so, so no, East Fife. In general. Uh, I saw you just talking so, in general. So, so at the bottom end of the table, like Bonnerick had a good win against Stranraer. Forfar have appointed Ray McKinnon, which feels like uh, a, sexy a, a decent appointment. Oh. Annan might be picking up they might be relying on Albion Rovers being the usual kind of Albion Rovers that they normally are and I'm not sure they are this season mm-hmm. so I, I think bottom of the table uh, will be every bit as interesting as as the top end but I do think East Fife are, are going to struggle you got to say happy birthday to Dumbarton I mean that's the reason I, I asked to talk about this game because it's the 150th birthday did I did oh I, happy birthday did I read somewhere that the, the the person who piped them on also piped them on on their 100th anniversary did I read that somewhere? He didn't look very... I mean, I was, I was, I was for a bit of a distance, but he didn't look particularly aged. See, see, that's why I was That's why I was slightly confused. I was wondering if you maybe read it as well. No. No, no, I didn't. I just saw a, a man with bagpipes. That was... <laughs> I, I, maybe, uh, I, maybe I just dreamt it. I couldn't determine uh, how old he was, but I think that you've got to say that's, that's fair play to Dumbarton. A couple of key players missing from that, like uh, Ryan Blair, for instance, mm-hmm. who's had a really good season. He wasn't available... 
But you've got to say, I thought that, and this is a player that Fraser Clark said to pick out, and I'm glad that he did because I've watched the highlights. So any time this guy touched the ball, it looked absolutely phenomenal. Calvin Orsi, bloody hell, man! It's like everything he did. I mean, it's, I know it's only highlights you're going on, so it's very difficult to try and use that as a barometer for someone's performance. But certainly, any time Dumbarton did something good, he did something good as well. A number of times where it was just similar things like beating a man, popping the ball off into space, nothing outrageously fancy. You know, he's not a. I think he was played as a central striker last season, despite the fact. It's not necessarily his position. He's not very prolific. Not scored in 50 games or something. <laughs> just basically, just what I mean, statistics to back up the point <laughs> that I was making there. But out wide, he just looks really, really good. And it really seems to complement the, the rest of the players in that, that Dumbarton team. And I think that I think that they'll do really well. I think Dumbarton are going to win the league. And I think that the, the furthest goes on, as Fowler said at the start of this section, that's, that's six games, on seven games unbeaten even. And that 6-0 pumping by Sterling Albion, which could have been a defining moment in the season, that seems miles ago. That seems like a, a little blip because I think they'd lost... They'd gone through like like lost draw lost draw. I think it's four games without a win, and you're thinking, oh well, that's 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 Steve Farrell said his time, his chips are out, his dinner's out, he's had his chips. I don't know what the expression is, and you're you're lucky. <laughs> his, his chips are out. His chips. His chips. Is that an expression? Yeah, yeah. Uh, chips uh, and dinner's out. Right. That way we we're getting them amalgamated. Personally, says he's really disappointed. Yes, uh, but I don't think there's anything to do with chips being out. I think it's just your dinner's out. Is Can a listener? Is uh, way up the road? Uh, him and like Pelly, him and Pelly, and uh, no, Pelly was a, Pelly was a good player. Can we actually dedicate the final part of the show to talking about Pelly? <laughs> to be fair, when I first started watching football, my uncle um, he loved the Brazil nineteen seventy team. I remember, I used to always whenever I used to went to his house. Oh wait, no, would, no, Pelly, no, 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 he is dead. Sorry, I would watch the the old kind of VHS of the there was like a you know highlights. You know, it's like the video. I'm aware of highlights, yes. Yeah, they put together like five or so minutes on each game of the 1970 World Cup and kind of did Pele was terrible in the 1970 World Cup. A really bad. Pele. Was he? Oh, he was rubbish. I was 1958 World Cup was uh, was his crowning achievement. I thought 1970 was good. Nah. You know, I think it was 66. Nah. You're, uh, no, no, no. He was good. He was good in 70. He played about seven games. You've watched a five minute highlights reel, probably put together by Pele Senior. <laughs> Was, he was Pele a massive was, self-promotionist, wasn't he? Pele was good. It was uh, 62 where he struggled. 62 where he struggled. That was Grincha's World Cup. And he obviously, 66 was when he got kicked off the park, but he was really good in 58 and 70. Mm. People, people mistake so that. Sure. Just because he made that pass for Carlos Alberto in the 1970 World Cup, that's everything. amazing. It was 1958, it was his World Cup when they beat Sweden 5-2. Yeah, the that was probably his best, but I still think he was good in 70, was it not? If anyone knows, also, if you if you know the I don't identity think of the... scored in every game but didn't finish top goal scorer. This is, I'm putting this question out here for the listeners. If you know, one, who the identity of the Dumbarton Piper was, and two... <laughs> and how old he is. And how old he is. And, and two, uh, how good Pelly was at the World Cups, then please... <laughs> two, two vital questions to be asked do, in do a lower league pod. Yes, and that'll do us. <clears throat> I'm now getting uh, concerned about time. Oh, because you, uh, you've got some place to be, haven't you? Yes. Who you mean, Steve? Yes. So you know what I mean. I know you're you're not prepared to tell us who you're seeing tonight. So that, that's that's your business. Tell us what you're doing tonight, then. Uh, I'm going for drinks. Now, whereabouts? Uh, just up the North Bridge in Edinburgh. Right, so there's no really nice. the Mad Hatter, is it? That's that's where I'm off to. No, do you in Edinburgh? Oh, brilliant! Can I get a lift? No, I'm seeing that. I'm I'm going out at half past eight, so you'll need to you'll need to, you'll need to wait. <laughs> Sorry, I thought I thought this podcast would take a lot longer. I didn't realise that. I got a taxi. I didn't realise that he was. Uh, he I was, was thinking I'd just be able to get public transport, but I'm meeting at eight, and it's already twenty past seven. You didn't realise he was winching Steve. No, I didn't. <laughs> uh, I didn't. That didn't really realise, fella. So um, I thought we'd be able to get a patron out of this as well. That's why I, that's why I arranged to meet at uh, half past eight. Okay. <laughs> what Patreon? We don't have anything planned. Well, just we can just chat. We can just we can just you know, our favourite Pelly moments. <laughs> <laughs> You seem to me like that you were uh, you were putting off time guys, by, by buying candles. I mean, do you have more candles to buy? Maybe I, you put off more no, time. No, no, I. This is how my afternoon because I had a lot of time to kill because uh, I just worried. I just I, I arranged myself. So what I did was I went to Tesco, went and bought some candles, went and bought some uh, windscreen wiper fluid. Uh-huh. So put that in the car. Okay. Uh, got some candles. So I won't, I won't get the benefit of them till I'm till I'm back in the house. Uh, Maybe bringing your date back. Obviously not. No, no. Listen, listen. Don't talk. Listen. Funny when you body him. Don't body. I <laughs> see. Don't body. Don't body. You, can, you, you always give it out, but you can't right. take it just, back. Just um. I want to thank my guest for joining me at this time. <laughs> 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 
Thank you. I'm Sean McGuigan. Thank you. Remember and subscribe to our Patreon. Your support is greatly appreciated. Uh, and uh, take care and enjoy your football. And, and enjoy your new year. Oh, and enjoy your new year. And remember, visit Green King and remember, wash your testicles. Is, that, is, that, is there any more shave messages? Them. Shave them. Shave them. Shave, shave them, right. Shave them. Uh, Anybody else said, uh, I can't remember. JS Decorators. For <laughs> 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 all your interior and exterior needs. Goodbye. Sports Social Podcast Network.